You're listening to the Carol First Baptist Church Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Hill, alongside Pastor Chris. On today's episode, we will be doing an extended sermon application. And what we want to do is bring about some more ideas, maybe some more practical application that comes from the sermon. So we're going to briefly recap it. This is Pastor's Sermon over Living Proof. It was done last Sunday. It should be up online already. It goes over Romans 12, 10 through 13. What it kind of is, is just explaining how we should be living as Christians and kind of the atmosphere or the attitudes that we do have. We'll just go over the four main points, and that is to have a a congenial or a pleasant atmosphere as Christians, to have a compelled attitude, to be driven, to have zeal, to have zest in our lives, to have a confident advancement, and so we, we continue to grow in our walk with Jesus, and also have a considerate attitude or considerate assistance, and then that being helping others. So what we want to do is just bring along these points and bring it to a more practical application. Why do we need this? Well, it's because that it's hard to get along with people. And so I want to ask you, Pastor Chris, why, why don't we get along with people? Because we are all different. We're created different. We all have different opinions, different ideas. As believers in Christ, we are members of one body, but we are still imperfect individuals struggling with our sin natures. And so we don't always get along. It's kind of funny that we're in the midst of this March Madness stuff, and I look at your bracket, Pete, and I look at mine, and they're different. I'm a Spartan fan that is grieving, and you are a Michigan fan who's rejoicing. Uh, we are different. We have different likes and dislikes, and uh, you know it, it comes out in the, the teams that we root for. But even within the church, it, it comes down to some of the, the preferences we have. I prefer this color of carpet to that. I prefer this kind of music to that. And uh, we can have differing opinions on, on a lot of things. And that's why it's important to come back to this aspect of love that we see here in this message, talking about Philadelphia, the brotherly love that Pastor shared in this first point of congenial atmosphere, part B here, exercising brotherly love through our differences. And uh, God calls us to love in his word many, many times. Uh, In John, you'll know that we are Christians by our love. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 13, the the love chapter, it's it's not so much about uh, marital love as it is a letter to the church who is lacking love. So we as believers need to love first and foremost. Uh, Scripture says that the greatest is love. And so we need to have a love for one another in the church. Uh, and that is not always an easy thing, is it? <laughs> it is It is not an easy thing. Throughout this sermon, it's been really the meta, the, the overall theme of it has been within the church, and that we need to have this pleasant atmosphere, this, this love within the church. I don't know, do we extend this outside the church? Does this go to non-Christians or even just non-believers? Hmm. Yeah, there certainly is a need for us to love our brothers and sisters in the faith, and there is a need for us to love uh, the unbeliever. If you think about us in Romans chapter 5, 8, God demonstrated his love toward us, that even though we are sinners, he showed his love to us, sinful people. So he's showing us sacrificial love there. And so we need to be loving other people, unbelievers as well, because God did. And we also need to be loving the brother and sister because God does that as well, and commands us to elsewhere in Scripture. A lot of the letters that are written in the New Testament, you look at the church in Corinth, you look at the church in Colossae, the church in Ephesus, these letters are written to churches. 
They are written to brothers and sisters in the faith, and these churches have gone away from the design God had created. And most times you will find in those passages that they are lacking love for one another. And so the author of those chapters emphasized the need for love, loving one another. And most of the time I get away from that myself because I have tried to do it in my own strength. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to love other people on our own strength because we oftentimes are looking through worldly lenses rather than godly lenses. And when we do it that way, we get off the path. So Scripture is here to right that ship and focus us on loving others. And so I was talking with my wife the other day that uh, it's important for us to focus on our relationship with the Lord and loving the Lord. That's our our vertical relationship. And when the vertical relationship with the Lord is in tune, then the horizontal relationships can be better in tune. Yeah, Ellie actually said that, uh, she said it really well, and she said, when we love Jesus first, we love each other best. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's just really helpful, especially in a, in a marital relationship, to, to realize uh, where our true love really is. And they, that could be extended out to even people. Mm-hmm. When, when Christians are loving Jesus first, that love flows through us, through Jesus, to other people. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed in your marital relationship that when things between you and Allie may have a lot of friction or be struggling, if you take a moment to evaluate your relationship with God in that moment that you find that lacking yeah, and it makes it worse in your marital relationship and that when you are thriving in your relationship with the Lord, then your family life tends to be better. Yeah. I I think it's, it's really interesting how those things correlate. Yeah. I oftentimes see myself and wondering what in the world is she doing? (laughs) Like what, why is she not caring about me? And I think about it and realize, wait, that's not her job is to care about me a lot of the time. Like she has her needs as well and mm-hmm. she's thinking differently than I am. It's not that she doesn't care for me. It's just that I'm not responding well to her. I'm not putting myself behind her and supporting her. So yeah, I see that a lot when I'm, when I'm putting myself first and not putting her first and not putting Christ first, that uh, my attitude goes, goes south in a hurry. Yeah, I think many of us understand this idea of family love that's been talked about. And so you've got a question here that uh, is very interesting. How far should family life, uh, family love go? How far should you extend that, right? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we want to do this is make this really practical, make mm-hmm. these sessions really practical. And so over the weekend, uh, hopefully you've heard of this, but Andrew McCabe, I think that's how you say his name, one of the FBI investigators hmm. for the Hillary Clinton email trial, uh, was recently fired hours before his retirement. And so he lost Ouch. all of his benefits. That's and, just mean. Yeah, and so thinking through <laughs> this, like I've looked through Facebook, and that's why it's a good place to go is to look through Facebook and just seeing uh, some people cheering or even people glad that this has happened. And so regardless of your political sightings, how does the Christian view this? Mm-hmm. How should the Christian view this? And kind of uh, really bring some more practical application into it. Yeah, I'm. I, my brain is stuck in this, uh, what does true biblical love look like and how should that manifest itself in our lives? So again, I go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6. It says that love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Mm. 
And so you've got an individual that has maybe done something wrong and then gets punished. Okay, there's a justice element in mm-hmm. there yeah. that's appropriate. Yeah. But what's my attitude? Am I like all glad and excited that he's getting what he deserves? Or am I looking at it, I believe, from more of a Christ-centered aspect and grieve what has taken place and hope the best for him in the future? Because honestly, as a believer, I should be interested in this guy's spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so where is he at spiritually? He's made decisions, and there are consequences to be had. But am I praying for this individual that through this he would come to know the Lord or see the Lord and want the best for that individual? So, yeah, how, how are we going to look at others and show the love of Christ to other people? Let's go to another example, another practical application. Kneeling, kneeling for the flag. Kneeling for the flag. Yes. So, so the football season here, where the, NFL, you know, the whole Kaepernick thing. Yep, the whole Kaepernick thing. How do we how do we approach that in Christian love? That's an interesting topic because you you can get into this idea of country over Christ or Christ over country kind of thing. That uh, you know, there's a, a camp of people that think that you know separation of church and state means that we shouldn't even have uh, flags in our churches or. Mm-hmm celebrate Memorial Day or uh, 4th of July or any of those kinds of things in the church because we should be focused on Christ, and there's truth to that, that uh, first and foremost, we are believers in Christ, and that should be the banner that we are under. Now, Christ has also put us where we are. He has ordained the government with which we are under, and we need to respect that. So how does how do we look at the people that are disgracing our country or burning flags or kneeling during the national anthem and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, how do how do we treat people who uh, maybe even go a step farther and even attack us? Like we could think of of terrorist organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, we are called to love our enemies. Yep, uh, that's hard. That's yes, difficult. It is. I mean, even when the Larry Nasser trial was happening. Oh yeah, and just the the things that he has done. Yet we are called to love people. Again, we see this aspect that there is justice that's needed. Mm-hmm. That there is penalty for sin. That choices have consequences, and that we realize that there is punishment for that. But yet, like he is still loved by God. Yeah, this is a hard thing for us to do. But biblically speaking, what is the right thing to do? The right thing to do is to forgive as Christ has forgiven. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ has forgiven us. We are called to forgive like Christ forgives. And John tells us to, to forgive not just seven times, but 70 times yeah. seven. Yeah. Um, and so... We can bring up rape, we can bring up murder, we can bring up all of these really devastating kind of things that can happen in your life. Should I forgive the man that raped me, or should I forgive the the woman who aborted a baby, or whatever the case may be? Biblically speaking, we should forgive. God calls us to love and forgive, not to hold things over people's head. Again, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that true biblical love does not keep record of wrong. Yeah. When we have been saved and accepted salvation through Christ, 
our slates have been wiped clean. Yeah. God looks at us and sees the righteousness of, of Christ in us. He doesn't see our, our wrongs. And so if we are to be true followers of God and emulate that, we need to love yeah. in that way. And we need to forgive as hard as it is. There's so many things that people could say, I can never forgive you for that. But if we are to be little Christs, mm-hmm. Christians, then we ought to forgive as Christ did. And it is a hard thing yeah. for us to do. We don't experience that pain that maybe some of these people have experienced, but yet we still know that there is truth. And that while that thing, those things are difficult, mm-hmm. let us look at our own relationships with, with Christ. We realize that what we have done, a lot of our actions oppose God, mm-hmm. are breaking God's heart in what we do. Well, let us recognize that in those crazy situations that maybe we've not experienced, that that points even more so to Christ and to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because as a believer, we can face those moments with His power, His help. We are not alone in those situations. That's a a key important ingredient there because we cannot love and forgive in that way a part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Yep. And we see that, that Jesus truly has saved us. And we, we look at we look at his work and his power. And while he was on the cross, he faced our sin. He faced everyone's sin, not just our own, but but people around the world, around the globe, terrible people. He bore their sins. Mm-hmm. Yet on the cross, he defeated those sins. He defeated death. He defeated Satan. And we see that come true on the third day in the resurrection. When, when, when God accepts that payment, God acknowledges that Christ has paid for sin, that we are allowed to now be in fellowship with Christ. It's just amazing when you think about it that, that just the broad scope of what Christ did for us. He bore all that so that we may have life. Mm-hmm. And now we live that life loving people because why in the world would we do anything else? Like Jesus has offered up his life to save us. Like we need to offer our life back to him. Mm-hmm. Not that that pays for anything, but that that's just... That's just what we have to do. That's the only thing that even comes close. I'll prime the pump a little bit for next week. Romans chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 14, it says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Oh. You want to show love? <laughs> Man, it takes a supernatural kind of love yeah. to be able to mm-hmm. bless those who persecute you and not curse them. Because in our sinful nature, in the flesh that we have, our reaction is to return in kind. We need to fight that desire. So tune back in next week and you'll hear a little bit more about verse 14 and the following. We love because Christ has loved us. That's probably the greatest summary that we could have here is is we love because of what Christ has done for us. We thank you for listening to the Carol First Baptist Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode. Check us out again next time.